In this episode of Empty Checking Fast Cash, we talk about the newest release from U2, Songs of Surrender. And that's all we're doing, because it's a fast cash! You ready, checkmates? I'm your host, Eric Brink, and this is Empty Checking Fast Cash! That's enough. This is the short version of the show. Uh, how's everybody doing? Hope you had a good St. Patrick's Day. Good... A uh, couple of days after that, I guess, by the time this goes up. We're doing a short episode this week. As explained in the previous episode of Fast Cash, is a version of the show where I talk for less time. I waste less of your time, uh, although with my same panache. Uh, but I, I, I just I spend a little bit less time talking about stuff, and usually only one thing or just a couple of things, and I keep it kind of brief. And uh, that's done... Basically because that's what my schedule permits, or similar. And that's uh, that's what we're doing. We're doing a short episode talking about one thing and only one thing. Uh, I feel like I should still noodle around a little bit before we get to that and just tell you how my week's going. Uh, actually, I do, I, I do kind of owe you that. The reason we're doing a fast cash this week is that... Uh, fast cash! Is that uh, I, uh, I'm very tired that's it, man. I'm exhausted. I'm physically, emotionally, and in other ways. Are there other ways? Spiritually? I don't know. Uh, my voice went very high there, and I don't. I, I can't explain that. I'm. 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 I'm tired. I'm tired. It's been uh, a hectic several days, and as I'm sitting here recording this on the same day that it's gonna go up, uh, probably within an hour to an hour and a half of me finishing recording this. It's going to be posted on the uh, websites and stuff and the, the apps and whatnot. By the way, the companion blog is uh, emptychecking.blogspot.com. Show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com, uh, derekbrink.com, derekbrink.bandcamp.com, uh, all that stuff. Go to things. Email me at db at derekbrink.com if you want to talk to me. I respond to people who aren't jerks. Um, and so on. Uh, this will be uploaded real quick. It's like, as soon as I'm done recording, I'm going to start uploading. Uh, that's, that's, I'm just real tired, man. It's been hectic. It's been emotional. It's, uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day. I actually, I actually had off from work, kind of, although I sort of logged in and did some stuff from home that, most people probably don't even know that I did, but uh, I just I sort of needed to. Uh, but did some family stuff on on St. Patrick's Day because that's kind of a tradition and kind of it it means something to me to do that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, had some pressure and some stress going into that that I won't get into. That will a little bit reveal it as I just keep talking. Uh, it'll, let me try that sentence again. It'll a little bit reveal itself as I keep talking about the next couple of days. But St. Patrick's Day was basically okay, although a little bit high pressure. Uh, actually, that day got high pressure and, and frustrating and nerve-wracking when, uh, some roofers dropped off some shingles at my house for some reason. Um, I mean, I know the, the obvious reason was they were going on the house, but... They uh, uh, they were not scheduled to start until Monday, but they decided that they needed to be, be delivered on Friday, which is frustrating enough, but I found that out, I think, on Thursday night, uh, so that was irritating. Uh, and then on Friday, when they delivered it, they decided, okay, uh, it, it's going to go, the shingles are going to go on the roof of the house. 
Why? I mean, can someone answer that? Because, like, the old shingles also had to come off of the house so the new shingles could be put on. Aren't, aren't they in the way? And also, since you're not starting on Monday, aren't you leaving... Aren't you leaving several thousand pounds of shingles on top of the house just on a slant for several days? Which, by the way, a couple of boxes fell. Not all the way down the roof, but a couple of boxes fell. Uh, that just seemed like a dumb thing to do, but they did it, and they did not do it quietly. They uh, just showed up in the morning hours and started slamming stuff on my roof really loudly, shaking the house and bothering the cats. And when the cats are bothered, I am furious. Uh, so that happened, and that was Friday, and then we had our St. Patrick's Day stuff, and that, that was fine, that was good. Uh, enjoyed that. Um, but that was Friday. Then Saturday, uh, I had a very full day. Uh, I won't get into all of it, but the long story short of it is that I did a lot of driving, in that, uh, in particular, uh, got up early that morning. Got up early on, uh, St. Patrick's Day, too, because I had to start the corned beef that was being cooked at my house. So I got up before dawn on St. Patrick's Day. And then on Saturday, uh, got up before dawn, uh, to drive to Cape Girardeau for my Aunt Cornelia's funeral. Aunt Cornelia passed away, uh, I think on the 10th, and we had the funeral this past weekend. And, uh, uh, or Welma, depending on who you talk to. To me, she was Aunt Cornelia, but to a lot of people, she was Welma. Uh, she, uh, yeah, she was a, a wonderful person and was in her 90s. And, uh, you know, it was the right thing to do to go and, and pay my respects and see the family and everything. And I, 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 there's only so much I want to say about that on a, you know, podcast. But, uh, I'm gonna miss her, and I'm glad that I got to spend time seeing people. It's about a two-hour drive, which isn't that bad. Drove down there, attended the funeral, drove back up, which is another two hours, and uh, my body's not used to that. I haven't done two-hour drives in years. Uh, Pandemic-related, mostly. Just haven't done that much driving in a couple of years, so that took it out of me. And then I had something to do later that night as well. I had some stuff to do in the afternoon as well that I won't get into for various reasons, but I had some stuff to do later that night as well. So, like, Saturday, I was just up and going and going and going, like, all day. And finally kind of got home, and the cats were like, where have you been? You know, and and uh, I kind of settled down underneath the two of them and went to sleep. They were happy to see me because, like, they transcended being mad into, we missed you and were worried and we're glad you're home, you know. So they just kind of cuddled up to me, which was nice. I needed that. And Sunday was largely... Uh, uh, uneventful, but Monday the roofers started, so I got up before dawn, and, uh, the roofers were a half hour late, uh, they were not, I did not have to get up before dawn, I could have gotten up at my usual time and been fine, uh, they, uh, uh, so that was irritating, and they spent the entire day slamming stuff around on the roof, and I've been in houses where roofing has been taking place before, uh, they were shaking the house, and, like, uh, pictures were falling off the wall and stuff like that. And it was not very professional, if you ask me. But, you know, they're getting paid, whatever. It must be nice to have a job where you don't have to care about the uh, mental state of the people that you're working for. Uh, the cats were terrified. The cats, I think, were a little bit traumatized, to be honest with you, as I'm sitting here talking to you right now. Uh, they hid inside the recliner in their room, which is their way of telling me that they're afraid. And uh, they did that all day pretty much. They came out a little bit here and there, but 
pretty much all day in the recliner. And then in the evening, they were jumping at every little noise, you know, and things like that. And then all day today, they've been jumping at every little noise. And someone knocked on my door at one point, and they went back into the recliner. They've been... I don't know. I hope that's not permanent for them. Because uh, I would feel really bad if putting a new roof on the house, which was... I mean, you know, look, the old roof didn't look good, but there were two layers of shingles up there, and it wasn't like leaking, so I didn't care, you know? But anyway. Uh... And that's actually not even done, because the roofers didn't finish, and they didn't come back today when they were scheduled to. I really don't know what... I, I mean, you know... I, I have so many things I could... Like, I could do a full fast cash... Fast cash! About uh, bad roofers, but they, uh, they, they spent... They spent all day here, and they didn't finish, and they didn't come back today like they were supposed to, and they said they'll gonna, they're going to shoot for tomorrow when it's going to be raining. So, uh, uh, we're supposed to get rain here in St. Louis for the next week. And, uh, you know, my house isn't done. And these roofers are going to come back and they're going to terrorize my cat some more. That's how things are going. That's why I'm exhausted, busy, frantic, a lot of pounding on the roof. I've still got a headache from that yesterday. I've got a headache too, by the way. Uh, and uh, the fatigue of just the whole past several days is setting in on me physically. I'm very, very tired, and stuff's aching in a way that it doesn't normally, or that it does, but more so. Like, my left shoulder that's real bad is uh, real bad. <laughs> like, like real bad, like scary bad. Like, oh, maybe I should go to a doctor for this bad, you know? But uh, that's how it's been for me lately, and that's why you're getting a short episode that's already 10 minutes long. Fast cash! Uh, we're going to talk real quick about the newest release from U2. It's divisive. <laughs> U2 is always divisive. U2 is one of those bands that everybody thinks that it's cool to say that they don't like them these days. Uh, I guess that's probably been since just after Octung Baby. U2 has been the biggest rock band in the world ever since then, so obviously all the people who are cool hate them. Uh, that's, that, that's dumb. They write good songs, you know their songs, you know that they're good songs, and I, I don't, I mean, come on. Come on. There's, there's U2 songs that you like. You don't have to like everything. You don't have to have all the albums. I have all the albums. I'll tell you that. I got all the albums. You don't have to have all the albums. You don't have to have an encyclopedic knowledge of U2. You like a couple U2 songs. You do. It's like, it's the same thing with the Beatles. I'm not saying that the U2 that U2 are the modern day Beatles, although they kind of are. But you it, you can say that you don't like the Beatles, but you like you like a couple of Beatles songs. You can say you don't like U2, but you like a couple of U2 songs. I can understand where you might not like Bono personally. He he'd get on my nerves probably if I knew him. I don't know him, so he doesn't get on my nerves. I but I I see it. I get it. Uh, but. I don't know, how can you... First of all, if you're over the age of, like, 30, and part of your identity is hating a band or hating a style of music, grow the fuck up. Like, leave that shit in your 20s. You're too old for that. Stop it. Stop identifying yourself by things that you hate. That's pathetic. Stop it. You need to hear someone say that. That's pathetic. Stop doing that. Be identified by the things you like, not by the things that you hate. So And if you don't like something, fine. If it comes up, you can say, eh, not my thing, and then talk about something that you like. 
You don't have to go on a crusade of like, oh, U2's putting out a new album. They haven't done anything good since the Joshua Tree, which, you know, that's not even probably your actual opinion. But you're saying it because you're trying to be cool. So I don't get it on that end. A new U2 album comes out. I'm excited. Uh, people uh, other than me on mainly in my Facebook feed, we'll see, oh, there's a new U2 album. It's not going to be as good as their old stuff. Well, it's not going to be the same as their old stuff. I'll grant you that. But there's going to be, I mean, some of their old stuff isn't that good. Like, there's, you, there are classic songs on all of their albums. But, like, some of those albums have one classic song on them. Pop, I don't think is a very good album, but it's got a couple of classic songs on it. On it. Or at least one classic song on it. Uh, Zoo TV, or not Zoo TV, Zoo Ropa. Uh, really, what, one, two songs? Not not great. But those, those songs, those individual songs are great. Give me a break. Uh, so they put out Songs of Surrender. Part of the songs... Uh, end of the catalog, I guess. They did Songs of Innocence, Songs of Experience. This is Songs of Surrender. I believe the next one is to be titled Songs of Ascent. Seems like that's the thing that they're ticking on right now, which I don't really understand that. I'd like the albums to be a little bit more differentiated, but uh, I don't know. It's a thing. Seems like a very Bono thing, but it's a thing. Songs of Surrender... Their latest release, I swear this is going to end up being a fast cash. Fast cash! Uh, the, the Songs of Surrender is the, the latest thing. And what it is, is it's reimagined songs. It's a bunch of their songs that they've redone, reimagined, reshaped for re-release. Uh, which basically means it's the unplugged version of everything. <laughs> uh, that's the best way to think of it, maybe. It's not quite that, because the unplugged version would just be acoustic versions. These are different than that for the majority it's just sort of oh, oh what if we took that song but made it ambient that's kind of what the vibe of the album is there are a couple different versions out there i got the cd 40 song version with four cds 10 songs per disc uh, i got i got that because i'm that guy uh, there's a vinyl release out there that's you know big and ridiculous and cool that uh Frankly, I just I, I I'm not off buying vinyl, but I I really have to want something to buy it on vinyl now because I've got limited space for vinyl, and uh, that's the one problem with that format. That's the one problem with any format, really. But vinyl especially takes up so much room. It's hard to it's hard to shelve. It's hard to store, and uh, <laughs> I've got an adorable cat in the background playing with a cat toy. In case you hear any meowing or 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 you know stuff being jostled around. Um, but yeah, so I didn't get the vinyl version. I got the 4CD version. And uh, I'm sure there are different download versions out there too. But there's like a two-disc out there, which really is probably what most people need is the two-disc. But I needed the four-disc because I like U2 a lot. And uh, it's, yeah, it's just, it's old songs that you know done in a way that you haven't heard them yet. Some of them are pretty straight, just kind of acoustic versions. And you go, yeah, that's that's the song I like, just a little bit more chilled out. Uh, some of it is, uh, the songs are very, very different. Like, they don't sound very much like their original versions at all. Some of the lyrics even have been rewritten here and there to better suit the times that we live in or to 
just make little changes that Bono wanted to make. So it's it's uh, that's what the album is. It's very chilled out versions of old songs that you already know and love, and some of them are very different from what they used to be. And uh, it works for me. I will tell you this: it does not rock. Like <laughs> like at no point does the album rock. It's all very ambient and very. Uh, like it really, it almost could have just been Bono and the Edge. It could have been billed as Bono and Edge play songs of U2. Uh, but I'm sure that for contractual reasons, it's called a U2 album. Uh, and Adam Clayton shows up on it. There's some bass there. There's very little drums, very little of Larry Mullen Jr. He plays a little bit of percussion stuff on it, from what I understand. And some of what's on there are drum loops of his that were archival that Edge kind of worked in. Larry, from what I understand, has a forthcoming back surgery, and that's part of the reason. And also, I think he just sort of didn't want to, from what I've read in a couple of interviews, which I get that, too. If you're the drummer and you hear these arrangements, you go, well, there's not much for me to do, man. You know, and if you're the bass player and you hear these arrangements, you go, there's not a lot for me to do. And then you go in and you do whatever you do, whatever you do and they use it or they don't, and there you go. And that's that's sort of what the album is. But... Uh, there are, uh, I, I, the, the way that I'm, I've been talking about it here in the last few paragraphs may sound like I, I don't love it. Uh, I do love it. It's great. It's, it's really great. I like it a lot. It, 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 it pushes a lot of the buttons I needed to push for me. I, uh, I bought it on St. Patrick's Day. It came out on St. Patrick's Day. I actually pre-ordered it, so it arrived on St. Patrick's Day. Which is appropriate, because for all of, of uh, the month of March, I listen to Irish stuff, and some of it's traditional Irish, some of it's your Flogging Molly, some of it's your Dropkick Murphys, and inevitably some of it's U2, you know? And so it was appropriate that Ireland's biggest band ever uh, put out an album that came out on St. Patrick's Day, and I listened to it on St. Patrick's Day. I put the lights low, put on 40 reimagined U2 songs for the first time, and had a nice end to my St. Patrick's Day. With, you know, a little bit of Guinness as well. Uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to give you some of the highlights. I'm not going to go through all 40 songs. That would not be a fast cash. Fast cash! That would be a, a really long episode. <laughs> the, the cats ran away from me on that one. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I know you're sensitive to loud noises right now, and I just screamed. I'm sorry, boys. Uh, I, I'm going to give you some of the highlights. I should pause this and check on my cats. All right, sorry, I actually did pause that and check on my cats. They're fine. I'm just going to give you some of the highlights of the album and just the songs on it. I'm not going to talk about everything, but just some of the stuff that I think is worth mentioning if you want my take on the vibe of the whole thing. Uh, there's a version of Bad on there, one of the early U2 songs, one of the sort of Jurassic era, <laughs> era uh, U2 songs. Bad. Uh, I don't need to hear the original version of Bad anymore. This is the version now. This is how the song goes now. I, I really loved this version of Bad. And I like Bad. That's one of my favorite U2 songs of that era. Uh, this was an excellent version, and it, I, it outdid the original for me. Which maybe that's part of just it's it's in the early part of the album. It's in it's on disc one. It's track seven. Uh, that's that's early in the forty songs. But that it just it hit all the right notes for me. That this version of bad is now the version of bad to me. Uh, I also really appreciated the new version of Walk On, which is the one that was probably the most heavily lyrically rewritten to better fit the time that we're in. Uh, it's now about Ukraine. It's now about what's going on in Ukraine, and very timely, and very elegantly done. 
uh, one of the things that Bono does as a lyricist is he can get super specific like that and be super specific about this song is about Ukraine and it's clearly about Ukraine. In fact, uh, it's called Walk On, parentheses, Ukraine. Uh, but if you don't know that, you might not know that. You know, he does that really well. But it's an excellent version of Walk On uh, for Ukraine. I really appreciated the lyric uh, being rewritten in the way that it was. Uh, one of the things that I tweeted is if anybody uh, ever releases a, a pedal or a processor called Bono's Vocal Reverb, I will buy that with no questions asked. Because they, they throw out this album, great use of ambient effects like that. But uh, it was nice to hear them do Who's Gonna Ride Your Wild Horses, just in any form. I, I really like that song, and it's it's nice that the band seems to as well. Uh, I, that seems like one that gets overlooked by a lot of folks, but I've always I've always really liked Who's Gonna Ride Your Wild Horses, and it was nice to hear it pop up on Songs of Surrender. Uh, that's one of the ones that's probably sort of truest to its original form. Uh, I mean, and that's not quite correct to say either, but it's one that it started, and I went, oh, Who's Gonna Ride Your Wild Horses? Awesome. And then it sounded like you would expect it to sound, and like, okay, good. You know, that one, they didn't have to do a lot with that one, and that, that worked for me. Uh, one of the things that impressed me is stuff like that, that they're not just sticking to the hits. They, and they're also not doing just the very old songs. Like there's songs from their most recent album, uh, songs of, uh, uh, experience. And, you know, like they, they didn't shy away from any part of their career. There's non-album tracks on there. And that, I, I love that they did that. Um, Stuck in a moment that you can't get out of is uh, on there as well, and is another one of those just sort of overlooked gems uh, from U2. It's off the, what is that? Is that uh, All That You Can't Leave Behind? Or what is, what album is that off of? I think it's All You Can't Leave Behind. Uh, I, I like that song a lot, and it's, uh, I just, it's nice to hear them do that, and it worked really well in this format. Uh, Red Hill Mining Town is a really deep pull from their most successful album, <laughs> uh, which that's a weird thing to say. I know that they did the tour where they did all of Joshua Tree, so people are perhaps now more familiar with Joshua Tree than they've ever been, uh, but Red Hill Mining Town is uh, kind of a weird pull, kind of a deep pull, because that's... You know, you ask somebody, hey, what's your favorite song off Joshua Tree? That's not the one that they're going to say. So, like, they did stuff like that a lot on this, and I, I enjoyed that. And that's not one that I would have thought, oh, I want to hear a different version of that. But it turned out that I did, and they had some horns in it, and I really liked the horns. Uh, Ordinary Love uh, is on there as well. Non-album track. Again, very brave, the, the track list on this. They did a bunch of different stuff. Ordinary Love, not an album track. People forget it. I forget it. Uh, I really liked this version. It was very stripped down, very intimate, which is true of the whole record, but I, I really liked that version of Ordinary Love. It made me want to go back and sort of re-experience the original, which is what stuff like this always does for me. Is it, This is going to set me down a path of listening to all 40 of those songs in their original format as well, which is a win all around for everybody. Uh, what else? Uh, Dirty Day was an odd choice. Uh, the original version didn't do anything for me on the original album, but this version, the strings were really pretty, uh, and that kind of hooked me in. It was the first track that really lost me, like 20 songs in, I kind of went, really? Dirty Day? Uh, or I guess 18 songs in, and, you know, it, it, 
it, it just never been one of my favorite tracks. Still not one of my favorite tracks, but this was a very nice version of it. Uh, new version of The Miracle of Joy Ramone caught my attention, because that, uh, that's... I like that song a lot, and that sucked me into that album immediately. It was the first track off of uh, Songs of Innocence, and that, you know, was a great opening track, and I really, really liked it. They made it really interesting. It sounds like something you might hear in a bistro or, like, a cafe or from, like, a little combo band. Really good groove, but it's no longer a rock song. It was a little weird and different, but I really liked it. It was interesting and sort of captured the vibe of what they were trying to do with this album. Just very different takes on songs that you're very familiar with. Another one that they changed quite a bit was, uh, and changed but not, was uh, City of Blinding Lights. One of my favorite U2 songs. And they did a version that was very stripped down and very intimate, and it really, really got me. Man, like, it's going to be a tough one. Which which version of that song do I want to hear now? You know, because that's my favorite, one of my favorite U2 songs. It's maybe not my favorite, but it's one of my favorite U2 songs. And they really knocked it out of the park on that one. Really interesting vibe on Vertigo. Everybody knows Vertigo was a big hit. Uh, Edge is strumming like he's playing an electric, but he's playing an acoustic. And Bono was singing like he's, you know, just kind of in the room with you. And <laughs> he he could be, you know, at your dining room table asking you for seconds, but he's singing this song. Uh, with occasional bursts of the Bono, you know, energy. Uh, but it, it just kept it very sort of reined in and tame. Bono did a great job this whole album of pulling back the Bono and just kind of being a guy. You know, just kind of singing to you. And I, I really appreciated that. Uh, very fresh take on Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. I need to listen to that a few more times before I fully know what I think of it. I like it, but I, I don't... It's a very, very different take. And, like, check out that version. Check out the, the songs of uh, Surrender version of Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. Worth your time. Uh, Electrical Storm, another odd choice. Uh, another one that I didn't love in the original, but I enjoyed this a lot more than the original. And this might be the version that I'm supposed to like, because I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, they also did The Fly. I don't know what's with them and The Fly. Uh, <laughs> it, it feels like it's one of those songs that at, in the 90s, everyone went, yeah, I guess that's a good song off that album. And Bono said, yes, I agree. It is a good song. And it just maybe it's Bono's favorite. I don't know. Good version. Got a very Latin groove. There's some jazz chords thrown in there that I don't think are the, in the original, but I've never paid that much attention to the original chords. Uh, interesting version, cool version. Just one of those songs that I always kind of go, all right, I guess we're doing The Fly. Good enough song. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and at this point, when I was listening to the album, I realized, wow, this this really should not be anyone's first U2 album because it's, like, it depends on you loving the material already, which is if one of the only downfalls of something like this. I have uh, a friend, well, one of my cousins, was talking about how he thinks this is U2's best work, etc., 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 and it's very good, and I'm glad that he likes it that much, and it's cool if this is your favorite U2 album. That's awesome. Uh, I don't think it's their best work because it depends on you being intimately familiar with all of their previous work. You know, like, it's an album that has to be built on other things. It's an album that is absolutely fan service that for fans, which a lot of the fans out there are going to claim that they don't like anything beyond the first three albums. You know, 
it's for people who actually like them and are familiar with the songs, but it, like, you have to already be a fan to like this album, I think. I don't think it's anyone's gateway album. Maybe I'm wrong about that. We'll never know for sure, but uh, that's my take on it. Another song that they put on here is If uh, if God Will Send His Angels, which is off the pop album, which is a grossly overlooked song on an album that, frankly, is pretty missable. Pop has never really done anything for me. You know, disco tech, don't care. Uh, but uh, it's, I, I really like that song, and it's nice to hear them, you know, kind of take that one out and wave it around and say, hey, look at this. It, it's it's a great song and a really good piano arrangement on that song. I was I was uh, uh, I was I was impressed by that one. Uh, the one song that is a big miss for me on here is a song that I like, and that's Desire. Uh, the vocal is done by Edge, which it's fine. Edge wants to sing a song. Bono wants to let him. Fine by me. Vocals done by Edge, but he for some reason does the entire thing in falsetto. And like, it's 2023, man. Don't don't do falsetto on a song. Like, I don't know if even Prince could have gotten away with that at this point on, especially that song. It just like that didn't work for me. It's a good version, otherwise. But it's like the falsetto really killed it for me. Out of 40 songs, there's one I don't particularly like. That's a pretty good average. A uh, song for someone is on there that gains a lot of poignancy. Poignancy? Poignance? Is it just poignance? It might just be poignance. It's very poignant uh, in this format. Really liked that version. Uh, All I Want Is You is a great follow-up to Song for Someone, and that's exactly how they did it. Uh, I, I, you know, that just should, that's, that's forever on my playlist that way from now on. Uh, really subtle version with a little bit of the electric creeping in just behind the rest of the mix and cool keyboard tone. Uh, All I Want Is You is one of those U2 songs that probably one of the first U2 songs I probably heard on the radio as a kid and I just I liked that I liked this version quite a bit it just sort of it, it just worked uh it they they got to with or without you it's an impossible task to re to reimagine your biggest hit the song that everybody knows by you uh, actually, technically speaking, I think One was a bigger hit, which there's a that's how the whole thing opens up, is with a version of One that's a little bit different, but not so different as to be jarring. Uh, but they, they did a new version of With or Without You. It takes massive balls to do that, to do a different take on what is probably your best-known song. That should be impossible. They pulled it off. I don't know how, but they pulled it off, because that's what they do. Every time U2 releases anything, you go, oh... You two, wow, they did it again. Good job, you know. Uh, I I don't know. It's what they do. They did a good they did, they did a good good new reimagined version of With or Without You. Don't know how they did it. Just what they do. Felt like Bono was talking right to me. Uh, my only complaint about this version of With or Without You is it was a little bit too short. Could have used could have used more in in the coda. Could have used more in, in the more repeats of the chorus or something. Sunday, Bloody Sunday, just felt like the unplugged version we should have gotten in the 90s. It wasn't that different, but it worked, and that's welcomed for me to have something like that. Uh, cool, barebone versions of Cedarwood Road, which is another weird one to pick, but they did it. Uh, I, I love that about this album. 
One of my favorite U2 songs, uh, in fact, my favorite of that era particularly, is I Will Follow. Uh, really enjoyed this version. They lost all of the instruments, but none of the energy. <laughs> it, it, it really worked. I mean, if I'm going to reach for that song, I'm going to reach for the original version and the original album, and I'm going to listen to that. But this was a really cool alternate version of it. And, I mean, look, I'm going to listen to Songs of Surrender on its own quite a bit. And it's going to hit that, and it's going to be one of my favorite moments of the album. Uh, they also did a version of Two Hearts Beat as One that was almost a disco song, which was confusing because the record is so sparse and acoustic that it felt out of place. Like, that kind of didn't work for me, especially this late into the album. I, we're at disc four here, and they're doing finally something with drums in it, you know, and finally something with a beat to it, and it just felt out of place. But it was a good version, but if, if the album had been more varied and had more of that kind of thing in it, it would have been better, you know? And they ended with 40, which is just a great closer. They should always close with that. Either version, because they're both just as good. Uh, this was a good version. Uh, it, just, it, it, 40 is, is how they should end everything, and they should probably open with it, too. Uh, if you've ever been in a U2 audience and, you know, sung How Long to Sing This Song with everybody, that's a magic moment, and, uh, that's just, everybody should have that moment, and they should just always do that. I, I love that song. It should always be their closing track, and it was the closing track on Songs of Surrender, and it worked for me. The whole damn album worked for me. Uh, not without its issues. Nothing is ever without its issues. But you know what? On an album of 40 songs, what, I have about three to five issues? Where I went, eh, I don't know why they did that. Or, eh, don't love that song. Eh, don't love that version. I really wish you hadn't sung in falsetto. I think I had about five of those, maybe. Maybe five tops. And even then, of those five... One, two, that I might, if I were resequencing the album, I might remove. That's a really good, like, that's, that's, that's an A. That's a, that's not quite an A+. plus. It'd be an A+, plus if I loved everything, but it's an A. It's an absolute A. Unfortunately, stuff like this is completely ineligible for the top ten list at the end of the year, because I don't, you know, the songs aren't new, you know, so it feels disingenuous to put that on a top ten. But maybe in the case of U2 doing reimagined versions of their songs, maybe it sits above list at the end of the year. It's just... I don't know, man. U2 just kind of keeps showing up in my life when I didn't know I need them to, and that certainly happened with Songs of Surrender, because I kind of... I was late hearing about it, and I kind of went, oh, they're doing that? All right, I guess they're doing that. And then once that come out, oh, it's coming out on St. Patrick's Day? Wow, that's soon. All right, I guess I'll pre-order that, because I have all the other U2 stuff, and... I'll get around to enjoying that eventually. And uh, it arrived on St. Patrick's Day, and I popped it in, and I loved it, and U2 showed up for me right when I needed them to show up for me again. Because it's what they do. It's just what they do. They show up, and it's perfect. I don't know. Except for the pop album. <laughs> I could take or leave the pop album. Uh, I could take or, take or leave about 70% uh, of Europa, too. But, you know, look. Nothing's flawless, but even on the stuff that I don't like, there's a couple of things that are flawless. You know, there's a couple of great moments. Just what U2 does. They show up, they do something great, Bono is ridiculous, and then they leave. <laughs> you know, I love that about them. By the way, I really want Bono to be uh, the last Doctor Who. 
Like, whenever Doctor Who decides to that they're done, the last Doctor should just be Bono, and he's just Bono. He just shows up as Bono. Like, he regenerates. He's like, yes, all right, yes, I'm, I'm Bono now. I've always I've always been Bono, as it turns out. Always always Bono. I'm Bono. Hi. I'm, you've, kn- you've known me as the Doctor before, but now I'm Bono. I'm just Bono. Now, Africa. And then they <laughs> get in the TARDIS, and there's, oh, do- bo- do- Doctor Bono. Okay, Bono, uh, are we going to Africa? No, 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 we're not going to go to Africa, but we are going to talk about it quite a bit for a while. And then that's the show. And it's just like, that's the last episode of Doctor Who, because who wants any more? And like, I think that that should... Uh, Bono might be the perfect Doctor Who. I think maybe he's just always been Doctor Who. Uh, thanks for listening to this. I had fun doing it. It's a slightly long episode of Fast Cash. Fast Cash! Uh, even though it's uh, shorter than a normal episode of Empty Checking. Normal episode! Uh, maybe we'll do a normal episode next week. We've still got to do an episode where I sit and listen to my most recent album and talk about it. I like doing that. New album, by the way, is Third Act Problems. Available over at DerekBrink.Bandcamp.com. For free. Put in zero as your purchase price and you can have it. I don't collect your email. Won't even know that you took it. I would just love it. If you loved it, new album is Third Act Problems. I am incredibly proud of it. And by the way, anytime you hear me using delay on a guitar, that's because I'm a U2 fan. So uh, that's it. Songs of Surrender, definite win in my book. If you're in any way, shape, or form a U2 fan, give it a listen. think you'll really enjoy it. If you're the type of person who feels it necessary to talk about how they've sucked since Octung Baby, stop it. Just stop it. And maybe listen to this, because you might realize that they don't suck. Looking forward to Songs of Ascent whenever that comes out, and apparently they've got another thing that they're working on as well that's a little bit more bombastic. Looking forward to that too. And there are rumors about whether or not the band likes each other right now, whether or not Larry Mullen Jr. is completely involved in the band because of his back stuff and general demeanor and a grumpy interview that he gave. I don't care about all that, man. Because probably all of it's nonsense that is just people writing stuff for the sake of writing it. You know? Like, these guys have been together since, I think, the year before I was born. They're probably going to keep doing stuff. Says a guy who loves Cheap Trick and Bunny Carlos is no longer in Cheap Trick, but whatever. What is it with drummers in a long-time band? You know what? Let me let me dial that back. What is it with drummers? <laughs> just in general, in life. <laughs> No offense to all the drummers out there, but what is it with you? Explain yourself, please. Email me at db at com to explain what the deal is with drummers. But uh, I, 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 I think U2 is going to be okay, everybody. I think they're going to be okay. And uh, I'm looking forward to whatever comes next because I really enjoyed what just happened and what happened a few years before that, and 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 then there was the greatest hits, and then there was pop. Uh, you know, look, I, I, I like U2, and this album is quintessentially U2. And I just wanted to talk about that for a while. So that was it. That was me talking about it on this episode of Empty Checking Fast Cash. Fast Cash! Please remember to look after your health, be healthy, be safe. Please remember that black lives matter, that LGBTQIA plus rights are human rights, that women's rights are human rights, and I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. And checkmates, 
Be good to each other, be good to yourself, forgive each other, and forgive yourself. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. Fast cat.